Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past i want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my now here's your host matt dennison it's indiana what i feel is the pinnacle the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. A busy show because last night we had a slate full, basically, of high school basketball, some makeup games, some late season games here as we get ready to close out the regular season for most teams across the state on Friday. Get ready for the girls' state championship games on Saturday. And of course, the start of postseason on the boys' side coming up Tuesday as well. A very busy time on the prep scene locally, but some good games last night. Uh, New Albany plays again tonight. The makeup game with Bedford will be played tonight at the Doghouse, and uh, there's a a busy, uh, busy week of games between now and Friday to put a uh, finale on the 23-24 regular season of high school hoops here in southern Indiana. Also, it's game day for the Hoosiers. They take on a quality Nebraska team tonight at Assembly Hall, so we'll talk about that game coming up a little bit later in the show today. Obviously, we'll preview that as we work through the hour today. But another tough one for Indiana. They're not the favorite at home. Nebraska the favorite in tonight's game. And uh, again, with how Indiana has been playing, uh, I myself have no confidence that they have really even a chance to win this game tonight. So uh, we will see how things play out, but definitely a tough one tonight for Indiana. And really the rest of the way, their draw in the Big Ten Conference I'm not sure if they're going to win. We'll see how things play out, but uh, we'll see what Mike Woodson and this staff can do to finish out at least the regular season portion of the schedule, and uh, then Big Ten tournament play is ahead for Indiana. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany, segment one here in just a few moments. Our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Later in the show, it's Wednesday, so Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star will join Join us. Dustin was a busy, busy dude over the weekend. He covered all the All-Star Weekend festivities. Of course, his main job is beat writer for the Pacers for the Star, but he also talks IU stuff with us as well. So we'll get his rundown of everything that he experienced this past weekend in Indianapolis. We'll talk IU Nebraska with him and kind of get his general thoughts on Mike Woodson and this Indiana program as they head into the final few weeks of the regular season. Also, later in the show, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will join. It's a perfect time to have Josh with us because we are headed down the home stretch of the high school season. We now know the sectional pairings. We can get into some of what next week looks like with Josh as well as we'll take a look around the four or five area sectionals here that involve a bulk of the Clark and Floyd County teams in southern Indiana hoops. So we'll do that and more with Josh when he is with us a little later tonight. And get his thoughts on Lanesville. I told you yesterday. 
yesterday. I think that they can bring home another 1A girls state championship. I think they are a favorite, a slight favorite in their game against Marquette Catholic on Saturday morning from Indianapolis. But Josh will know more. We'll get his thoughts when he joins us coming up a little bit later in the show. That's the lineup, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Check them out today for great sandwiches and salads and soups that all of it is made fresh daily and will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Okay, let's look at our uh, Thornton's text line today, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you have a question or comment, you can send it in to us. It could be for our guest. It could be for me. It could be something you want to sound off on. Uh, what are your predictions on Indiana-Nebraska? Do you disagree with me? I, I don't think they're going to win. I don't, I'm not sure how close the game will be tonight, but I'd love to know what you think. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. If you're looking for an icy, cold, thirst quick, to keep your day going in the right direction right now at Thornton's all 32 ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents you heard it right only 89 cents so come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and again send us a text on the Thornton's text line 502-414-1450 is the number all right let's get into our headlines today a summary of the day's top IU and southern Indiana sports news Indiana back in action tonight against a good Nebraska team. They are 18 and 8 overall and 8 and 7 in Big 10 play. And I know that that's not a great record in conference play. It's better than Indiana's record in conference play. And overall this Nebraska team has had a solid season and improved from some of the recent Nebraska efforts. It's an 8:30 game tonight. Pre-game coverage here on the Big X will begin at 7:30, but Indiana is 4 and 8 over the last 12 games. They are absolutely headed down uh, to the bottom of the Big 10 conference or near the bottom, I guess is the fair way to say that and uh, does not look like Indiana at least at this point has a chance toward any sort of buy or opportunity to advance on to Thursday in the Big Ten tournament it looks like they are going to start off with a Wednesday game unless something that uh, absolutely changes here and changes fast Indiana has lost two straight home games Penn State and Northwestern and and I'm reading here from insidethehall.com but their only wins this calendar year since we flipped the page to January 2024 have come against Ohio State two times Minnesota and Iowa so four wins going all the way back to January 1st 2024 and today is February 21st 2024 Nebraska they need a win as well. Uh, they've not won a road game. They are 0-7 on the road in Big Ten Conference play. So to sit here and tell you that I think Nebraska is the clear favorite in my eyes tonight, uh, that tells you what I think of the Hoosiers and how they are playing here the last few weeks and really uh, since the first of the year. Uh, but they are one of the last teams Nebraska is in the NCAA tournament field, according to a number of bracketologists uh, and the latest editions of those that are out there looking ahead to March Madness. So I think Nebraska has a chance to make it unless they tank the rest of the way. They will be, I think, one of the Big Ten teams that uh, maybe slides in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Nebraska beat Indiana 
In the first matchup in this series, it was an 86-70 win, a 16-point win at home for Nebraska. That game was back on January 3rd. It was a terrible performance for the Hoosiers. Nebraska hit 12 three-pointers in that game and uh, absolutely just stunned Indiana. I mean, it was the start of uh, some really bad basketball for Indiana, to be quite honest with you. Uh, Xavier Johnson was was rough that day. A lot of turnovers. Uh, Kellel Ware, Malik Renew, all those guys had four turnovers in that game. I think it was 27 points on turnovers in that game, uh, going back to Nebraska on January 3rd. So uh, if you remember, Xavier Johnson returned from an injury against Nebraska that day uh, and logged 14 minutes, did not score. And, of course, he is not expected to play. Uh, for this uh, Indiana team tonight when they host Nebraska. Nebraska, But uh, definitely uh, it was a bad performance on the road, and we'll see if Indiana set up for a better performance tonight at home when they take on Nebraska. A couple other things. Even as the play on the floor has not been great for Indiana, recruiting for the future does continue. We told you yesterday Mike Woodson, very adamant in his press conference, and I'm paraphrasing, but he plans to be here for a long time. He's not going anywhere. Those are the kind of comments you know Mike Woodson was making yesterday when asked about his future in coaching. So recruiting is continuing. Uh, Bryson Tiller, a key 2025 player, a forward, uh, obviously has uh, interest from Indiana. I read an update on his recruitment yesterday on the Daily Hoosier. I know the 2025 top 20 point guard Michael Michael Brown is uh, set to visit uh, Bloomington this weekend and uh, then also I saw a note yesterday that Indiana is in the running for a 2026 wing forward named Jalen I believe it's Montanati, I believe is his name, who is expected to visit on Sunday as well. So uh, Jaden Johnson, there's been some activity with him. He's a 2026 wing forward. And, of course, there's guys in the state. Jalen Harrelson continues to list Indiana. Trent Sisley continues to be recruited by Indiana and get some visits from the coaches to some of his high school games. So even as Indiana not playing great basketball, uh, Indiana is uh, getting an opportunity or is continuing to recruit uh, full steam ahead uh, and we'll see how that goes and and what the what the story is there but uh, definitely uh, recruiting continuing for this Indiana team moving forward we'll talk about this a little bit later in the program but there is some news out there on Derek Queen and uh, I'm going to save that for our next segment when we have Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star with us a couple other headlines I want to get to here in this opening segment Really good win on the road last night for Jeffersonville. It went to overtime, but Jeffersonville a winner at Evansville right. 74-70 was the final score. Jeff improves to 14-7 and on the season. They were led by Trey Singleton. He had 15 points. Michael Cooper was right behind him with 14. P.J. Douglas had 11. Trey Singleton, excuse me, Jeremy Rose had 11. So four in double figures. Gilly Polk off the bench, he had nine points. Uh, but Jeffersonville, a nice win in overtime on the road against the Wrights team that is 8-11, but they've got some talent. They are not terrible. A good win for Jeffersonville last night. Also last night, Rock Creek, a winner over West Washington, 53-45. And New Albany went on the road 
uh, took on Jack Benner, a Purdue signee, and the Brownstown Braves. Benner went off for 39 points, and Brownstown cruised to an 84-60 win at home over New Albany on Tuesday night. Benner, 14 field goals, five three-pointers. He was 6-7 of seven from the free throw line as Brownstown improved to 20-4 and four on the season. I think uh, in 2A basketball, the Braves are the favorite at this time of the year uh, heading into the postseason. I think when it comes to 2A and that state tournament, obviously Providence will be a tough matchup for them very likely at some point of the sectional. But if I had to pencil in a team to win it in 2A, I think Brownstown with Jack Benner uh, and some of his surrounding cast as well would be my pick. Uh, for New Albany last night, Ryland shrinks 17 points. Chris Lampkins had 12. New Albany right back at it in action again tonight as they will host Bedford North Lawrence in their final Hoosier Hills Conference matchup of the season. That's a look at some headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. Some big college games coming up later this week and into the weekend. It's hard to believe we're in the final stretch of regular season college basketball. We can start to talk about things about will Indiana play on Wednesday of the Big Ten tournament or will they have a chance to maybe get a bye into Thursday. It doesn't look likely right now. It's still possible, but just hard to believe we're talking about the postseason and the conference tournaments and those sorts of topics and bracketology is going to become even more regular as we head into March. And I just can't believe we're to this point of the year. It's hard to believe that uh, the season, the regular season, both in high school and college, is almost behind us. And we're almost full-fledged into postseason basketball here coming up very soon. We'll head to a commercial break. Again, no uh, New Albany-Bedford game. Had a couple texts on that. We do have IU tonight at 7.30, so that knocks off our opportunity at a broadcast of the Bedford-New Albany game. We had planned to broadcast that game last Friday when it was initially supposed to be played, but was postponed because of some weather that came into the area and really more so the threat of weather but we will have indiana tonight with the pregame coverage beginning at 7 30 quick commercial break we're back with dustin dopirak to talk all-star weekend iu nebraska Derek queen and a lot more stay with us here on the hoosier report with matt dennison We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Wednesday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star with us right now on the program. Dustin, you were a busy man over the weekend. Uh, Tell us, what was it like to have a front and center seat and access to the NBA All-Star Game and all the festivities before and after? It was pretty wild. I mean, it, it like uh, it's definitely a different different event that I've ever covered before. Certainly, uh, because there's just so much 
pomp and circumstance, obviously there's not like a game at the end that matters. Uh, you know, also the All-Star game is just at this point just kind of an exhibition of everybody just go out and score as many points as they can. Um, but uh, it was, I mean, there, there was a lot of just cool moments to it. People you got to see be in the same building as, I mean, even just starting Thursday, uh, you know, went to this sort of media availability from the guys from TNT with, with Shaq and Charles got to ask those guys what they think about the Pacers. And it was just like, wow, that's, you know, I'm sitting here asking questions to Charles Barkley about the Pacers. This is really happening. And Shaq and whatnot, you're like, wow. So there's, there was a lot of that, just being in the same building and that type of group, obviously being in the same building with some, some media members I really admire and running around just seeing Indy uh, show out for something. I mean, I think there, anyone who was up here would tell you that there were uh, some more complications I think Indy is used to having. Um, you know, for big events like that, traffic was brutal, uh, especially on Friday was rough when it snowed up here. Um, but otherwise, just a lot of, you know, a lot of fun just going from thing to thing and, and you know, seeing... Uh, seeing just a bunch of these guys and kind of seeing the NBA and it's, it, you know, uh, in, in, in a lot of its glory. It was a, you know, really, really just entertaining thing. I always enjoyed the dunk contest growing up, three-point contest, you know, made All-Star Saturday night like really appointment viewing even as it's kind of started to drift in most, most people's eyes. I still enjoyed it and that was fun to watch with the LED courts and everything and Mac McClung I thought was, you know, for I say everybody's I wants to bury the dunk contest with Mac McClung was pretty special I thought uh, on Saturday night. So I thought, uh, yeah, really cool scene just all the way around. Dustin Dilpirak, Indianapolis Star. You put in a lot of hours. We were following <laughs> along on social media, all of your photos, tweets, stories in the paper, and much more. Was there a favorite part of the weekend for you? I know there are so many other events outside of the actual game itself, which I want to talk to you about here in just a moment. But anything stand out? Yeah, I mean, what was my favorite? I mean, like, favorite thing to watch was Saturday night. You know, and I, I really did enjoy that. Uh, I, I felt like I got I got some there and sort of take it in between the three point and the skills challenge is weird um but it was cool to see you know like to see how the pacers took that seriously um you know just some of the best guys shooting threes you know obviously i thought uh, i thought dunk contest was better than a lot of other people think it was uh you know so like saturday night i was entertained by you know everything was a little bit stressful <laughs> to be honest like i mean i spent an hour and 40 minutes of traffic uh on just getting there on saturday night and it usually takes me 15 minutes from home to get there um but yeah there was a, a, a lot of little things i enjoyed some of the you know some of the press conferences like i said even some of the uh, you know a little bit off the beaten path um media availability got to talk to reggie miller that was cool um you know like i said talking to, to shaq and barkley the first night was one of the coolest things we did and then i watched the you know got to see uh kind of the live show of, of uh nba tip off uh you know on thursday night after they talked to us they moved over in the convention center and had uh, a live show in there and that was pretty cool even the g league all-star game over at uh uh, the convention center, you know, it was a good time. I got to take a lap around there. So just kind of taking the whole thing in. Um, but I'd probably say Saturday night was the most fun. And, and you know, like, just because I think people were just really taking it seriously. Friday, Friday was nice, too, just because I think nobody had really got in yet. The Rising Stars and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, was sort of easier from a media perspective in terms of just getting in and out and around. But the snow that day kind of made that made uh you know the uh back and forth moving about a little bit rough but otherwise you know it was it was fun all the way around i mean again it's it's, it's weird because it's, it's an event that doesn't you know it, it doesn't have a championship on the end of it um but still a, a lot of cool fun things you know associated with it Dustin Dopirak, Indianapolis Star, starting our conversation today on the All-Star Weekend in Indianapolis. A couple other points from the All-Star uh, game or the All-Star Weekend of events. 
you know, the All-Star game itself, it's obviously full mm-hmm. of great NBA talent. It's amazing what those guys can do, especially when you put them out on the court together. But the All-Star game gets a lot of hate from basketball yeah. traditionalists, and I get it. There's not a lot of defense being played. Uh, the guys really aren't going in full speed. We've seen some mm-hmm. different formats in the All-Star game where instead of East versus West uh, and maybe the Elam ending, it created a little bit more excitement. But you you were there. You you obviously saw most of the whole thing unfold um is the nba all-star game maybe not for the traditional fan it's for the younger fan it's for uh the celebrity uh figures that surround the event or is the game still a good uh deal for a basketball traditionalist i think well it's not for a traditionalist i think what it comes down to is at some point you gotta just have to embrace what this is i mean i think the two people that kind of made i i definitely feel like Players bristled at the criticism more than they did last year, um, and the reason I, I think, like what they kept pointing to, um, I think they look back at last year because last year wasn't what we wanted, but like this year, like you know, he scored 211 points. I mean, that's crazy. But like, I think one thing that they made a point of saying, like Damian Lillard's out here taking and making half court threes, you know, and like kind of their point was like, what are we supposed to do on defense to that anyway? You know, like. And at a certain point, don't you just kind of have to take in the offensive skill and just be impressed by it, you know, rather than um, think this has to be like an, an 80s or 90s playoff game. You know, like it's not going to be like that. And I think I, I thought about this too, like it, it, it makes kind of a broader point, you know, because I think everyone says, like, Michael Jordan would have, you know, like, you know, those guys took it so seriously and they wanted to win this. Like, kind of remember, Michael Jordan burned out, you know, like as great as he was, like Michael Jordan had to retire twice, you know, like, and... I think there's something to be said for the fact that, like, the guy did take every single game like it was life and death, and he's played, like, I don't know, uh, like 400 fewer games than LeBron James has. You know, like, I think there's something to be said for these guys get what matters and what doesn't, and, like, not getting themselves, like, overly run down by feeling like every single game is life or death, and it, it elongates their career, and they end up accomplishing more uh, because they're not necessarily, you know, that they are taking the opportunity to cruise when, when the opportunity presents itself. And I wonder if there's not something to be said for that. And I think, they, they, like, they're cruising at the All-Star game, and I think they were looking at it like, you know, we put on a show this time. You know, like, whether you want it to be this hardcore defensive matchup where it's, like, 95 to 90 because it's the best players, it's like, well, you know, like, or you could just be impressed by what they do. You know, be impressed by Donovan Mitchell hitting a one-legged three, you know, on the run. You know, being impressed by some of these fast-break dunks, being impressed by the fact that Damian Lillard is, is pulling up from, you know, 45 feet and drilling it you know it's like you almost got to take in what's being shown and it's like you're you're i I just think they're looking at it like why would i try to get hurt over this why don't i just show off what we can do you know shouldn't that be shouldn't that be the point and i think these guys kind of view it like all right you know like yeah maybe it wasn't what you wanted but we tried and we put on an entertaining show and we scored almost 400 you know almost 400 points between the two of us, like, isn't that, didn't, didn't you get your money's worth, you know, if you came to that game? I mean, for, for me watching it, I definitely, like, kind of laughed at some of the absurdity of it, like, the way they interacted, you know, like, I think there was one, like, kind of, you know, play where, like, Joe Kick and somebody else were just kind of going back and forth, passing, you know, and then, like, turned around, like, he let the pass go to the other guy. It was, like, not three-man weave, but, like, a passing drill, and, you know, in the middle of the game and everything, and, like, Giannis was playing with the fans who were, you know, giving him the 10-second countdown on the free throw, and he was, like, you know, asking them to say it louder, and, like, so stuff like that was, like, 
you know, that is entertaining. But there's a celebrity piece to this, but, like, they are putting on a show. They are not trying to play an extremely intense game. And I think to some extent that makes sense. You know, like, it makes sense for them to view this as an exhibition where it's for them to show off rather than for them to play it like they've got something major on the line. Like, important games are coming. Like, they, they, they are going to have to gear up and start playing for championships soon. You know, we're, we're talking about, you know, two months out, you're talking playoff time. And, you know, some of these guys came in. Tyrese Halliburton came on a strained hamstring, you know, and put on a show and scored 33 points. Like, do you really want that guy to get down and defend? You know, if you're a Pacers fan, like, if, if, if Tyrese Halliburton you know, has a setback with his hamstring because he really wanted to win the All-Star game. Are you happy? You know, like, so I, I get the criticism, but I also, it's like, I mean, you almost have to embrace it for, like, you are going to watch these guys do incredibly skillful things, and they're not going to live and die on this game because they're about to live and die on everything that happens for the next two months. Talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. Final note on the All-Star game, the All-Star weekend, Indianapolis, Dustin, has a great reputation in the sports world for hosting major events. Now they can add an all-star game of recent times to that list of big things that they've accomplished and done. You got to see all of it firsthand. You got to see the buzz in the downtown and the surrounding area. You've also been there before for some of the big NCAA tournaments and other opportunities that Indianapolis has had to showcase our state by bringing in these big events. I've got to say I wasn't there long over the weekend, but job well done is all that I've heard, all I've read across uh, different media folks and other people that were there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they had some challenges this time. It's definitely a tougher event, I think, um, in terms of taking in all of it because you don't just have, um, you know, the the you don't just have the game. You you have you know three nights of uh, you know kind of televised activities, but that it doesn't stop there. You know, you have the convention center that's kicking. You know, all day you have concerts. You know, like there was just there is constant in and out flow and traffic. Traffic was rough. Like that's one thing that you would have to say is like there were some. There were some logistical hurdles, but in terms of you know just getting together and putting on a good show and and having the arenas show out and having fans show out and everything like that, I mean I thought I thought that part was really great. You know, like I said, there were there were complications that they had to deal with this time that they haven't. I mean, obviously when they had Rule, they got blessed with weather and it didn't happen. You know, this we did not get blessed uh, weather wise this time. But I think you know everybody did a good job. I think just battling through some of that stuff and, and end up putting on a you know at the end of the day I, th- I thought a pretty good show and and they caught some heck on. I don't know Draymond Green was on the whole cast complaining and it was like you know what shut up. <laughs> so I thought they did. I, I thought all, all all in all. I mean, it was, and it definitely, the fact that you have everything right there, you know, is really cool. You know, the fact that you can walk from Gainbridge to Lucas Oil and you can walk on Georgia Street and you've got, you know, all the bars and restaurants in between the convention center uh, and Gainbridge, you know, on Georgia Street is, you know, on on either side of it, um, you know, makes for just a really easy, um, you know, scenario, I think, for fans to be able to come check everything out without, you know, I think, like, once you park your car, it was awesome. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's what most people would probably say. It's like once you park your car, it was a it, it was a it was a really cool uh, experience for sure. Dustin Dopirak, Indianapolis Star. Let's turn our attention to Indiana. The Hoosiers host a uh, tricky Nebraska team tonight at Assembly Hall, and this feels like Dustin. To be quite honest, the bottom has fallen out of Indiana basketball this season. I mean, yeah, it has that sense, I and mean, obviously I haven't been able to watch very much of it, just kind of seeing scores come in and, and, and seeing the discourse uh, that happens on Twitter about it. Um, and and it, it certainly seems that way, and I think that, 
you know, you, you definitely get a sense, you know, from some of the things that, that he's thrown out there that Mike Woodson's reeling a little bit. Um, you know, I would say, all right, like, you still have to give him the time to see if you can pull, you know, pull the plane up um, and figure out, you know, basically take the lessons learned from what's going wrong this year and see if he can apply them. Um, you know, first when it comes to roster construction, the style of play, like, and I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned. I think he has to be given the chance to learn them. Um, you know, and, and it be remembered that he did, you know, take him to 21 seasons the first two seasons, and then there's something to be said for that. Um, but, no, it definitely doesn't seem like this team has a sense of, how it's going to go win games. Um, you know, that just, it just has not come together correctly for this group at all in terms of having, you know, a consistent style of play, you know, knowing what it wants to do, um, knowing how it's going to beat teams. Um, you know, it obviously has a couple of star players that it can, that it can lean on, but that's about as far as it goes. And obviously just, it's never figured out, you know, how to, it just doesn't have a, a, sh- a credible shooting threat around where and, and renew to be able to, um, you know, really put together things on offense. It doesn't defend well enough. Um, to beat anybody, and it's just yeah, it, it they are at the point where there's there's nothing they can do to. I mean, they they can't make a tournament unless they win the Big Ten at this point. You know, like it's it's just it, putting a resume together is out of the question. Um, so it's just a, a basic thing of all right, well, what do you do if you're Mike Woodson and you go back into this off season and, and figure out what's it have to look like now? What do you you know? And and on some level, this is his first season. You know, in, in a manner of speaking, because, you know, the first two years, I mean, he's still, you know, obviously he had an All-American that he could center everything around uh, in Trace Jackson Davis. And, you know, this season is the year that he has to look at it and say, OK, well, who are we now? You know, what 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 are we going to be and what does that look like? And so he has the offseason to figure out, you know, what to do. Obviously, he's got at least a couple of recruits coming in and you figure out from there what you do. Dustin Dopirak, Indianapolis star. You know, Mike Woodson in a media availability yesterday basically said, hey, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to coach for the foreseeable future, trying to build this program up, and I'm paraphrasing with some of those things. But I think there was a belief or some people thought maybe that, you know, if things aren't going great, there's a chance he would step down or retire maybe after this year, but more likely after next year. But that didn't seem to be the vibe from Coach Woodson yesterday. And it's, Yeah, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. I mean, I, I think, again, like, I understand why fans are bothered. I understand why they're annoyed, and they're like, well, maybe this guy just doesn't have it and needs to go. Um, I, I get that. But I, I think, I don't know, maybe, and, and I'm not around it. You know, certainly I'm not, I, I'm not on the beat anymore, so I'm not seeing this guy on a daily basis and seeing how he's reacting. And, and obviously I think you're seeing some quotes come out that are a little bit defensive, and it happens that way, you know, like the even that's that's how coaches get, you know, when they're losing. I mean, it just, and that's that's the case across the board. You know, it's like you're, you're kind of like grasping at straws, and you've got to be in the media and try to explain why this went wrong and why that went wrong. And I think he, there's a little bit of revisionist history, I think, came out yesterday about what he was saying about Jalen Huchifino. I'm sure there was a time when he thought maybe he would be one and done. But Jalen Huchifino told us, like, you know, basically when the season ended, that his coaches told him, like, you got to go. <laughs> you know, like, there's no, there's no option in this matter, man. Like, you're going to be, you know, close to a lottery pick. You, there's, there's no reason for you to stick around. You've proven everything you're going to prove uh, as a college player. You need to go. So, you know, like, there, I imagine there was some level of surprise when he took off. But, like, once he took off, they knew this guy was a pro. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's just kind of figuring out. He, he is definitely a little bit, you know, staggered, but that doesn't mean that, that he can't do it. Like, that's kind of what the challenge is about college. And, and it was always going to be a transition for him. 
you know, going from the NBA to college. And I think we, we had, you know, we, we thought about the obvious things, you know, just as media who were covering it, it was like, well, what's going to be the challenges? And, and there were some things I think that we missed. It, or it was kind of the second order ideas. You know, he was always going to be able to recruit top level talent because he could always say, well, you know, I've been to the NBA, I can get you there. But then it was like, okay, well, the other issue was building a roster around that NBA caliber talent and, you know, having it play a style of play that you wanted to play and, and putting it in the situation where, um, you know, it kind of feeds itself that, that you kind of establish a style of play and then you get the players that you want that fit it. Um, you know, not just the superstars, not just the Kella Wares, the two Trace Jackson Davises, but get guys um, who make that system work and, and, you know, enhance those star players. Um, and so he hasn't figured that out yet, but that he shouldn't stop. You know, I mean, like this, he took on this challenge um, at 66. He's coaching his alma mater, and he's getting a sense of what it's like to fail uh, in that position. And so that that's not a reason for him to quit, you know. I mean, I, and that's not a reason for people to quit on him. I, I get, like, the level of frustration uh, there, but I think he's got enough the opportunity to, again, you know, figure out the mistakes, look at what went wrong, and be able to adjust. Um, and, you know, that's what great coaches do, and a, a lot of great coaches have – had these times of failure earlier in their careers, uh, you know, usually you don't make the tournament twice before you have it. You usually, you know, get kind of a honeymoon period because you have nothing out of the gate and you fail your first couple of years and then you figure it out as you're going. You know, he was in a situation where he had some a team that could win and won, and then now in year three is having it, and it's almost like he's being judged as though the first two years didn't happen. Um, but I think that, you know, he's in a position where it's like, okay, like you, you have to deal with failure now as a head coach. Figure it out. You know, and uh, figure out what went wrong, figure out what you're not doing right, figure out what you need to do to, to be the team and the coach you want to be. Um, and, you know, you you got no reason to leave and, and call it quits at 66. You know, give like you're, 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 you're tasting failure, but figure out how to get out of it. And that's how he's going to be judged going forward. Dustin Dopirak, Indianapolis Star. One final topic I want to cover with you quick is Derek Queen's recruitment. There are reports that he is nearing a decision, and there are rumors that Maryland will be his destination, not Indiana, Houston, or Kansas. I know you probably haven't kept up with every uh, minute of that recruitment given your Pacers assignment with the Star, but I think that some people, despite how the IU season has went, given Liam McNeely's commitment to Indiana, and given IU's uh, long-term recruitment of Queen and some positives that have come out at times during that recruitment, still held out hope that he might be a Hoosier, and that would be the start, he and McNeely, of some good things this offseason, which would also need to in- include some transfer portal successes to kind of retool things for Mike Woodson and the team next year. But again, according to the rumor mill and some early reporting, Maryland could be his destination, and that decision could come as soon as today uh, I think this is a, not a loss as far as a win loss in the column but it's definitely a blow to any maybe momentum Indiana could use to pick up a recruitment transfer portal activity in the offseason yeah sure that's it stinks it definitely stinks because I mean obviously you, you feel pretty good because of the amount of time you've been um, you know recruiting him and also just the amount of time you put into Montvert um, you know I, I think obviously they've They've got some good um, experience there. Certainly, Jalen Hutchifino being as successful as he's been. Malik Renew, you know, picking it up this year. Uh, you know, I, I think there there has been a lot of good signs. If you're Montverde for okay, what what can happen for you if you go play? Uh, you know, for Mike Woodson. Um, so if you're changing direction, 
then you're like, oh boy. And so obviously, you know, Queen, I, I, I think that's where he's from originally, is from the Maryland area. Um, so, like, it, it makes sense for him to go home, and, and it's only so big of a loss that way. Um, but all the same, it's, it's going to sting if, if, if this is, if, if what's reporting is what goes down. Uh, it's definitely going to sting if he goes to Maryland. Obviously, if he stays in the league and you're going to have to play him, um, you know, I think you're definitely hoping that once you've got McNeely, you had McNeely, you know, working on him all year. Um, and, you know, especially when Neely can say, like, hey, I'm going to shoot threes, so this is going to be different for you than it is for Kel Aware, um or Malik Renew. And so the fact that that doesn't move the needle for, and for as long as they've been working on him, they, they've been working on Derek since, uh, you know, I was still on the beat. You know, I remember watching him uh, at an event in Westfield, and, you know, and I was even in Vegas, um, you know, for the in season tournament in Montford, played a game, so I got to watch uh, Liam and Derek uh, out there, uh, you know, in December. So I got a, a good sense for his game. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna sting if if they don't get him. If if he does end up going to Maryland, it's definitely gonna sting, and, and it's you're you're then in a position where you're, you know, you're scrambling a little bit, um, you know, trying to get somebody else that's of that caliber because I think you've got to presume that Ware's gonna go pro because he's got the opportunity to be a first round pick, um, and so like obviously you're then in a scenario where you're probably you're probably still gonna have Renew, um, but you know then he has to be your centerpiece of everything, and you know you're gonna need. To, to find a way to get a productive big behind him, uh, you're going to need probably more pieces around him, shooters than you have. Um, so it, it definitely is a scenario where you're you're. It's a significant loss. It's it's. I mean, it's not a loss like like you said. It, it's a significant you know fall short there that somebody you've invested a lot of time in that you're not going to get. That one's going to sting. Dustin Dopirak, Indianapolis Star. Good stuff from the All Star game to Indiana thoughts. We'll do it again next Wednesday. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Dustin Dopirak, Indianapolis Star, with us Wednesdays on the show. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with our final segment, which will include a chat with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. We'll talk about Tuesday night's high school basketball games, a couple games tonight as well, and we'll look ahead to next week's sectional tournaments now that we have the pairings. Uh, They came out Sunday night, and we can now look ahead to what postseason hoops looks like here in southern indiana stay with us one more segment coming up you're listening to the hoosier report with matt dennison We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Wednesday program. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is my guest on Wednesdays in this segment. And we got plenty to talk about as we head into the final week, final few days, really, of the boys' regular season in high school basketball with the sectional tournaments just around the corner. And, Josh, we had a busy Tuesday night of games. Jeff went on the road and won a big one at Evansville Wrights in overtime. And New Albany got the wrath of a really good Brownstown team Jack Benner, 39 points to knock out the dogs last night. Uh, some good Tuesday hoops. Yeah, definitely. Some good uh, some good games, some big performances, too. Clarksville's 
Jacob Seward scored 40 points in, uh, in Clarksville's big win at uh, Austin, too, last night. So, yeah, there was, a, there was a lot going on. Oh, yeah, and Henryville, too. Henryville hit the school record 14 threes, and Aiden Head, who's just having an outstanding season for the Hornets, uh, set the uh, career rebounding record for, uh, for Henryville. So, big night over there, too. But, yeah, it's a quick... Uh, Quick turnaround for the Bulldogs because they've got to host uh, Bedford tonight in a in a very very interesting game that uh, you know they'll be playing again in six days I guess in the first round of the of the uh, sectional tournament so this uh, you know it's going to be an interesting interesting game tonight and uh, you know I don't know if this will be a preview of next week's game but uh, you know I think uh, I don't I don't know if uh, how much both teams are going to try to conceal from each other, but I don't, I don't know if it's going to be a lot or not, but it should be an uh, interesting competitive game, that's for sure. Talking with uh, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Yeah, interesting tonight. New Albany, Bedford, they'll play here this evening, and they'll turn right around again and play next Tuesday. We, we've seen situations like this before because of weather makeups or late season changes, but really kind of adds something to the rivalry, or I should say to the game, the sectional matchup, uh, when the, the teams play each other just a few days before the big one. Yeah, and two, you know, two two teams that are having really good seasons too. You know, uh, and two teams that, you know, I think Jeff and Jeff and Seymour are probably uh, one and one A in that sectional as far as favorites go. But I'd say, you know, if that's the case, then uh, you know, New Albany and Bedford are probably two and two A or however you want to say it. Uh, you know, they're they're right there too, and you know, but uh, then you've got Jennings County, which you know. Beat, beat the three number one Scottsburg last night, so uh, that's who the winner of that Bedford uh, New Albany game gets. So, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's shaping up to be a, a really uh, you know interesting sectional. Uh, you know, we've we've mentioned it before, but you know, heck, uh, you know, I would say probably five of those six teams would be capable of winning that thing uh, uh, on any given on any given tournament. But uh, you know, that being said, I still think Jeff is. Jeff is the favorite, but uh, you know uh, it's a heck of a first first night game, first first game in the whole tournament. Jeff and Seymour, so you know that's uh, that's what I'm really excited about for next week. Talking with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, I shared thoughts earlier this week, but now that we know the draws, which bracket has the best opportunity to play out in a big championship game, or which sectional location, I guess, is the better way to save it? Uh, to say it, I think there are multiple uh, setups for a Saturday night championship game that could be really good. Yeah, and I think there's a, a, a really most of the. Uh, sectionals involving local teams could be a very intriguing matchups in the finals. Obviously the big one you look at is uh at Southwestern where it could be, you know, number two Brownstown against number four Providence in the in the sectional final and uh I think that's definitely a, a distinct possibility. Providence got a Providence got a great draw and then uh Brownstown got a little more difficult draw having to play uh, uh Southwestern uh, most likely in the semifinals. But uh you know that that's when everybody's uh, probably got circled on their calendar. Or has you know, heck, uh, you know, I, we've been talking about it since since the season started. Probably that these two teams can can meet up in the sectional final, and uh, you know, now now it's time, and we'll we'll see if that happens next Saturday night. But you know, I, I, personally, I think the 
the team that got the best draw locally anyway was Silver Creek, you know, three A. They they uh drew Salem in the first round and then, you know, would have to play Madison in the semifinals. Um, you know, uh, Madison, you know, isn't isn't a bad team, but Silver Creek beat them early in the season, so that would you know, that would could really set Silver Creek up to with a chance uh, with a chance to play uh Scottsburg in the sectional final and uh Scottsburg uh, you know, they had had an inter- injury uh, late in the season, but I, I think uh, I think Jack Miller's back. But still, they they struggled and lost last night to Jennings County. You know, a, a team that is very uh, perimeter perimeter uh, heavy, and uh, Soul Creek isn't uh, is fairly uh, fairly perimeter strong too. So, you know, that could be a very very interesting matchup uh, if if they do play uh, they do meet again next Saturday night in the sectional final up the. Pressure cooker, and then you know, heck, you got to talk about that Class A sectional. Any really, any of those teams could win it too, uh, just about. So that you know, you could be looking at uh, Borden Christian Academy, or uh, you know, you know, Rock Creek's a defending champion, and they're playing pretty well right now too. They won, I think, five of six, and and then you've got South Central too, who's playing really well from Harrison County. Um, you know, uh, that, that sectional is is going to be. Uh, It'd be really, really interesting. It'd be really fun, I think. So, you know, that's that's one I'm really looking forward to next week as well. Absolutely. Josh, you've been out at these sectionals on and off for years, covering things for the newspaper, and really for years you've just been around this stuff. Best sectional environment, year in and year out, regardless if there's a Romeo-type player, which I know made Seymour extra special there for a number of years, but what's the best year in and year out sectional environment here that our local teams either host or participate in? Yeah, it's a tough one, Matt. I don't know. It's um, you know they're they're all really good. Uh, you know you mentioned Seymour back in the back in the Romeo days. That that place was definitely uh, rocking, and heck, that place was you know full whenever he was playing in the postseason. So, you know that that was definitely a great environment and a great time uh, locally. Uh, and you know there's some of these other uh, some of these others have have definitely uh, had some great environments too. You know you you mentioned Borden. Uh, We've talked about Borden before, but yeah, that's a it's a great atmosphere. You know, it's definitely for the for the smaller schools, that place gets packed and you know it gets loud, and uh, you know that's definitely a, a a great one too. You know, if uh, you know if Borden makes that sectional final next Saturday night, I'm sure that place will place will be rocking, and it'll be uh, you know back to the rafters for uh, you know for a sectional championship game. That's a that's always a great Absolutely. atmosphere and a great great time there all right josh cook sports editor news and tribune josh thanks for the chat i'll see you well i'll probably see you this week but definitely catch it some sectional games next week yep sounds good matt all right josh cook sports editor of the news and tribune that is going to wrap up our wednesday program back with you thursday at 11 a.m here on the hoosier report with matt dennison <laughs>